what's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, guys. Welcome to a new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. I'm Jeremy. And my name is Pam. And today we are returning with our popular series called Mailbag, where we answer some of your questions. Yes, we always love to hear your questions. A lot of times people think that uh, because we do have the podcast that we are of some kind of deep insider knowledge of all things Kelly. Now, while we may have some ridiculous information stored in our head, that doesn't necessarily mean that we are privy to any kind of insider information uh, other than what's readily available out there. But we are happy to share some of that information that we do know if we can make things a little bit easier and, and help people with some information with our mailbag episodes. Uh, but we do love to hear from you guys. Uh, and you can always hit us up on our socials at Miss Into Podcast if you want to send us your questions for a future mailbag episode. Yeah. And we also do sometimes receive questions that are completely opinion based. So, yeah, we're mm-hmm. definitely glad to answer those as well. We have one or two of those up for today. So without further ado... Let's get into the first question. Jeremy, would it. you like to read it? I would. Uh, this first question comes from Tate in Philly, uh, and it says, are you guys ever going to get merch? We've we've spoken about it, and we've thrown around a couple of internal ideas, but yeah. we when when we first launched, like we're talking, if you, know, if you are a <clears throat> quote-unquote <laughs> OG listener <laughs> from 2020, um, we made stickers just as little giveaways and they were with our original logo, which was more in the vein of like the thankful font. Um, So if you have that, that is a, I'm not going to say a collector's item (laughs) because we are not there yet, but it is a little fun, fun little thing for you guys to have. I don't have any left, so sorry. But as far as future merch, I'll let you talk to it. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we do have sort of like a, a Google Doc file slash note on our phones of some various ideas. Uh, every once in a while, we sort of jokingly talk about some different shirt ideas or that sort of thing. I, I think we wanted to make sure that the podcast had some staying power and that this wasn't something that was going to fizzle out after a year before we even started to go down the road of considering merch for people to actually spend their money on now that we are rapidly approaching our second anniversary with the podcast holy moly Mm -hmm. i think that a merch store idea or a merch idea is feasible i think that we can do it we do have a few fun ideas that we could do so i would say probably is the answer to that question. It's not a full-blown hard yes, but I would say probably just because I think that there have been a lot of great ideas that Pam and I have come up with and also some great ideas that listeners have submitted that we really love, that we would love to make into some kind of a merch item. So, I mean, I don't know if you go along with that, but I'm going with probably here, Pam. Yeah, I think the really the only thing that's holding me back is like I used to do a lot of in my old job, I used to do a lot of work with merchandise. Uh-huh. And the problem, this isn't really a problem, but a problem that a lot of 
uh, I'm not even, I'm not even going to say artists, just anyone who sells merchandise faces is a lot of times you have to pay for it up front. Yep. And it's a big expense. And so there are some places that are like a print on demand, meaning we upload a design and then like the customer can choose what exact item they want and they just get it shipped to them and we don't have to store anything. It's an option. It's a little bit more expensive, but I think also it would help if we hear from you guys about specifically what kinds of products you would want. I think that would help. Yeah. Yeah. So feel free to to send those our way. And and this sort of reminded me of another question that I saw get asked of us, but I didn't write it down as far as questions to answer in this particular episode. And that was a question about a Patreon. I know that a lot of podcasts and creators have Patreons where they will have you do sort of a monthly subscription for a low fee and you get bonus content and that sort of thing. While that's a great moneymaker for a a content creator such as ourselves, you really have to give a good value for what you're charging people. And even if we charge people, you know, $5 a month or something, I mean, yeah, sure. We could have a private Facebook page and we can do, you know, other little things, but I, I haven't been able to think of, at least on my end, of enough stuff that would be worth the value that Pam and I could also have the time to create. Because even just doing a podcast is a time-consuming venture. And then on top of that, to have to do, you know, bonus episodes and create bonus content. I mean, next thing you know, I mean, this thing is a part-time job. And, you know, it is a bit. Yeah. And we never really wanted to get into it with the idea that we were going to make a bunch of money off of it. We just wanted to do it because it was fun. We loved talking about it. And we, I mean, frankly, Pam and I needed an outlet to talk about all this Kelly stuff that we wanted to talk about. So this sort of uh, scratches an itch for us each and every week. So I don't know. I would say it's less likely that a Patreon is coming down the pipe. Um, and I and I'm not at the point where I want to be saying something like, hey, if you want to donate to the podcast, feel free to do so, because there have been people who have been very kind in the past and who have purchased items for us to do giveaways and have asked us about donating to the podcast. And, and we love the fact that people are doing that and we really appreciate it. We just haven't gotten to the point where we're ready to commit to something like that. Because again, this isn't a, a job for us. This is all fun for us. And we we really enjoy building the community behind the podcast. And so if we get a chance to do merch, you know, yeah, it would be great. We might go, like Pam said, the route where the items might be a little bit more spendy just so that we don't have to hold on to any kind of inventory. Mm-hmm. So you can keep an eye out for that. But as far as, you know, the the making of extra content and, you know, stuff that you could pay for. I don't think we're going to do that. Plus, it's like, hey, read the room. People are broke these days. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. you don't want to be you don't want to be the ones who are like, give us money now because we think we're cool enough to deserve your money and not so much. Yeah. But if I mean, if anyone does have any ideas in general, like we're always open here to yep. to, to hearing anything. So feel free to hit us up. Absolutely. All right. Next question I will take and I will answer first because I need you, you only to put on your thinking cap. Okay. So the, this next one comes from at Jenna Braze on Instagram. Um, talk about some Kelly unpopular opinions that you have. Interesting. Mm. 
Um, I think my the biggest one that just comes to mind immediately, and there might be more, especially when you say your answer, whatever that might be. I think mine is a track. I think I've mentioned this before, but there is a certain Kelly song that I find gets so much love from this fandom, and I just don't see it. It's, I think I remember uh, what song this is. I think you do, and this might not be new, but just it's what came to memory first. Would you call that love from Meaning a Life? I just, it's okay. I think it's okay. Um, I think the verses are a little weak. The choruses are kind of cool. I like the effects, but I don't know. People swear by it, and I know people who say it's their favorite song from Meaning a Life, and I'm like, wow, I always skip it. So, yeah. or usually skip it. So that's my first one. I'm going to see if I can think of anything else that maybe isn't song related, but TBD. What about you? Okay. So there was this song on the All I Ever Wanted album. No, oh I'm my gosh. Kidding. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, and it's funny. We actually had this idea written down to do an entire episode. I'm a little hesitant. I'm hesitant. Yeah. I'm hesitant to do an episode like this because I don't want to have an episode that sounds like it's just full of negativity and it's like we don't like this and we don't like this and but at the same time i mean everybody's opinions are subjective everybody's going to have different opinions about things like would you call that love is a song that i very much enjoy pam doesn't so much enjoy and that's fine i think every artist knows full well that there are songs that people love and songs that people loathe my unpopular opinion is probably going to be very unpopular And that is that I think season one of the Kelly Clarkson show was very awkward and uncomfortable to watch. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, a lot of, well, I mean, I don't want to cut you off, but like the first thing that came to mind was just like, she was so new to this. This wasn't, this is not something that normally comes natural to people. So I get it. Yeah. And you know, if you go back and you watch any of the interviews from season one, if you happen to still have any of them readily available, it's clear that Kelly is not a professional interviewer. She is learning her craft. She's learning the skills. She interrupts people a ton. There's a lot of over talk when it comes to guests. And, and even still, you know, she still sort of does that because I think she's so excited to talk to people and so excited to get her thoughts out that she railroads them and like runs them over when they're still making a point. And don't get me wrong, that's not a flaw of a person per se. It's just something that as a talk show host, that is something that she's going to learn and craft further as she gets further down the road. You know, she's about to get started with her fourth season and the fourth season is going to look nothing like the first season. But I found the first season of the show to be very difficult to watch specifically when it came to the interview segments, because you could tell that she was very much relying on her scripts and her prompter and that she hadn't quite gotten there yet when it came to improvising with guests. She's gotten significantly better year after year to the point now where I can sit and watch a full episode and watch her interview people and know that, You know, some of that stuff I think she's coming up with off the cuff and not all of it is purely questions out of the prompter. I mean, there are some that you can tell she has questions pre-written for some people. And that's fine that every talk show host has that. It's just that some make it seem more natural than others. 
And she is continuing to hone that craft. It's no different than, you know, we go back to an episode we did a couple weeks ago about her first demo that she ever recorded. You can tell she's a different kind of singer in that demo versus, I mean, up even to the Thankful album, you can tell she's a different kind of singer. Um, and you can also tell that she's a different kind of singer when you hear albums now. So it's it's not fair to compare like season one to season three or season one to season four. But I just know that it was difficult for me and I had questions about whether this was going to be a venture that was going to last yeah. because I was a little nervous about her interviewing skills. But again, you give people a chance, you you let them get better, you let them do it over and over and over again and they get better. And she certainly did. I wonder, not only for her, but for other people who maybe didn't come from this background, example, Drew Barrymore, I wonder if people like them have gotten or are required to by the networks to get some sort of like interview training. Yeah. I wonder if that's a thing or if they kind of just throw them in being like, they're charismatic, they're celebrities, they'll figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder that too. And you know, you can you can probably see it when you watch some of these newer shows that are starting. I mean, some people who are starting new shows have past interview experience, uh, and some people don't. I, I mean, the the obvious example is going to be Jennifer Hudson, who's starting her own talk show this year. I think that I'm very interested to to see the Jennifer Hudson show because. They recently released the first promo of it, which was cobbled together with footage from her test pilot, and it looks a little similar to the format of Kelly's show to the point where it even looks like Jennifer Hudson's going to be doing some singing. Whoa. Yeah, which I, when I saw that, I was thinking, okay, are we (laughs) taking a blueprint here or... What are we doing that, you know, now all the daytime talk shows are going to have some sort of singing, you know, component added to them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very interested to watch some early episodes of the Jennifer Hudson show to see what the format of that show is. Is that also NBC? No, that is a Fox show, but it's also being picked up by a couple of really big television owners so you're not just going to see it on Fox stations. You're going to see it on many different kinds of stations. In fact, from what I saw in my market, the Jennifer Hudson show is going to be on the same channel that the Kelly Clarkson show is. And I'm not 100% sure they may not even air back to back. Oh, maybe Jennifer will start. Because didn't wasn't Kelly forever at like 3 a.m. or something? Well, for you for a while. She yes, was. she was. She was because they. Because my the network that airs Kelly's show in my market was airing the Doctor Oz show at three o'clock, and then at four o'clock was Ellen. Right, and they wanted the Kelly show, but they didn't have a place for it, and so they put it on in the middle of the night. And so for the first season, uh, and actually first two seasons, they had it on in the middle of the night. And then when Doctor Oz decided to run for Senate or whatever, they had to get rid of his show. They moved Kelly to three o'clock, and now. Kelly's taking over Ellen's spot. I'm wondering if Jennifer is going to be going in the middle of the night, though. It could be. It could be. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Ellen, Jennifer Hudson's show is going to be produced primarily by the producers of Ellen's show. They all pretty much moved 
from Ellen's show when that ended to Jennifer Hudson's show. So it's going to be interesting to see how that show is constructed based on a crew that has some serious daytime talk chops. And relationships. Like, yeah. Wow. That's mm, interesting. That can, that can really go one of one of many ways. I, I don't yeah. know. But I really hope that they don't take the lazy route and they just copy what Kelly does. And like Jennifer Hudson comes out and sings in every episode. It's like, mm, uh, I mean, I know there's there's room for everybody at the table when it comes to talk right. shows, but I don't make know it your you make it unique a little bit. Like you don't yeah. have to sing every episode or you don't have to. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. But yeah, I understand. Like Kelly was, you know, she's great at it, but I understand people can be rusty at first. And I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think that she did as best as she could have, but yeah, you're, you're right. It was, it was a little rough at times, but she's gotten better. And I, and it's hard to, and I'm going back to kind of to the Jennifer Hudson show. It's hard to decide how I want to describe Jennifer Hudson because it's very easy to say Kelly Clarkson is a singer because that's what she was best known as. But Jennifer Hudson's an EGOT winner. So yeah. she has acting chops and she has singing chops. And so do you call her actress, singer, or is she more of an actress because of, you know, the accolades that she's received? You know, she hasn't really had a, I mean, and I, I, I shouldn't, say this out of turn because I haven't done the proper research, but she has not had nearly as successful of a singing career as Kelly has. So that's why I'm a little hesitant to refer to her as singer Jennifer Hudson while she is a singer and you know she yeah. she came to fame on a singing show. She is very well known as a as a great actress. So it's hard to say whether you know she's going to lean on one of her skills more than the other. I'm very curious for this, but this is not a Jennifer Hudson podcast. No, no, it's we not. don't. We have no more insight, but maybe we will report back um, in a couple weeks or months, whenever it debuts, and we'll let you know what the format is because sure. I am very curious. Um, thank you, Jenna, for that question. Uh, yes. Jeremy, do you have the next one? Yes, got another email here. It's uh, from Crystal from Georgia. She says, "Do you have any idea of when Kelly is ever going to tour again?" Uh, huh. I think this goes back to our original statement that, you know, we're not privy to any kind of insider information, nope. but we do know that it sounds like Kelly's new album is finished, if not nearly finished, because she has made a couple of mentions of the new material and how it is so deeply personal and so deeply emotional that she's not ready to put it out yet. It's it's going to take a very long look inside of herself before she is ready to put this material out into the world. And so with that, you have to also think, all right, so in addition to waiting to put out the new material, she's also going to be doing the talk show, and then you just got to find the time to go out and tour. And... I don't quite know yet what it looks like with Kelly trying to tour while doing the talk show because we haven't seen her attempt that between, you know, wanting to focus on the early seasons of the talk show and then having a pandemic. She just wasn't able to tour full stop. So yeah. I don't know what that looks like when it comes to touring while doing a talk show. That just seems 
I mean, we she has shown that she can multitask with the best of them, but I don't know about a tour at the same time as a talk show. And at the same time, I also know that the people of the talk show, the band and Kelly herself really enjoy their time away from the show. They like to vacation and just decompress. So to end a talk show's uh, recording season and then immediately go out on the road for, you know, two months or whatever would be very taxing for anybody. That's not a lot of time where you can sort of decompress and sort of, regroup after a, a very yeah. crazy uh amount of time recording episodes and doing all the things that go with those episodes so it's it, man it is so hard to say i i wish i could say oh yeah she's gonna tour in the fall or she's gonna tour next summer i i, I honestly could not tell you the next time i think we're gonna see kelly clarkson on the road i think there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a couple things that we're gonna have to keep in mind so the last time she did a major tour was uh like the winter of 2019, meaning a life tour. And that was a tour that basically she she modeled after the Two Worlds, Two Voices tour in terms of scheduling. She did Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, and that was it. So mm-hmm. she did that for two, basically two months at a time. It was She was out for three days a week on tour. Um, it seems like she would fly home on Sundays. Voice was – Voice is what, Monday, Tuesday or Tuesday, Wednesday? I think Monday, I, Tuesday was the voice. Yeah, something, something right. like that. And Wednesday probably fly to the next city. That's probably what her schedule was like. She was on the voice the exact same time. So as far as the talk show schedule, though, it doesn't seem it's like nearly consistent as it was with the voice. Voice, you knew when it was. And there's also a lot more done behind the scenes. The voice, aside from some of the like, you know, pre-recorded mentor stuff and maybe like rehearsals. There wasn't a lot that the, the the coaches seemed to have to do in comparison to the talk show prep. She has to learn the karaoke. She has to prep for each guest. She has to blah, 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 blah. Um, and she's also a single parent right now. That's another thing to keep in mind. So I really don't know. I think, I think either they may try to do something, you know, whenever this album comes out, they may try to you know, intertwine it with the talk show schedule, similarly to The Voice, or she really might just do, I've said this before, I think, she might just do a very select few major shows. New York, Atlanta, Chicago, LA, like, I don't know, maybe picking 10 really big cities in the in the US, maybe a little, maybe like Canada or Vancouver or something. And I think that might be a tour. I don't know for sure though, but and I'm, you know, even for anyone, you know, who lives outside of U.S. and Canada, I, I don't know. You know, this just kind of came to my mind. And maybe this is where the residency could come back. Yeah. Here's my logic behind this is that what's really taxing about a tour is not the performing for, you know, two or three nights a week. It's the travel. Yep. It's the fact that, you know, she records the talk show in L.A. And then if she's going to have a tour, then there's, you know, she's going to have to go to the East Coast. And that's a long flight back and forth to do that. So I think that if she were to perform outside of the talk show, 
Maybe she brings back the Vegas residency. That way she knows that she's flying to one city once a week. That's close. That's not far away from LA. I mean, it's a, it's gotta be less than an hour flight from LA. And then she stays there for two, three days. She could have her kids there. And then she flies back to LA does three or four days of talk show taping and then flies back to Vegas, stays there for two or three days and comes back. So she's only short. Yeah. It can also be like a month or two max. Yeah. It's short trips. She's not, you know, going too terribly far away. It's somewhere that her kids can go where they're not, their lives aren't completely upset by the constant travel. I don't know that that might work. And I think that that might satisfy fans. I mean, yes, there's going to be some fans that are sad because they might live on the East coast and they can't afford to travel across the country to go to Vegas for a residency show. I get that. You can't please everybody, but that might be the best option for her logistically with her family and with her other responsibilities. Yeah. The only other thing I can think of is like, if the album happens to come out between now and like next spring, which I mean, it's possible, who knows? But the only other thing I can think of is her just doing like a couple weeks on tour, say like June 2023 or whatever, like when we know the show is wrapped and no one's doing anything. Mm-hmm. That's like the only thing I can think of. But at the same time, people are, may, you know, some of her crew and band may want to rest, rightfully so. So yeah. there's no easy question or an easy answer, rather. And I, I don't know. And I think it, it sucks. Not sucks. But it, it's really hard to answer this without even knowing an album timeline. Yeah. And I think we knew this conundrum was going to come up when we found out that she was going to be hosting a talk show. We thought to ourselves, what does this mean for touring? Because I think a lot of people have learned a lot about how television is made because of Kelly doing her talk show. We now know based on requesting tickets from one iota that, you know, there are a lot of two show days and we know that, you know, they may only record three or four days out of the week and that, you know, they record upwards of, you know, a month in advance to a couple of days in advance. So we all know that the shows are recorded out of order and that the actual tapings themselves don't even necessarily happen in chronological order. And so the one thing that we just don't know is the amount of time that she has available. And so that's really going to be the big factor for her. I think that maybe, you know, especially when the kids get a bit older, like right now, I mean, they're seven and, or no, I think uh, River is eight now, is she not? Eight and six, I think. Yeah, eight and six. I think maybe in a couple of years when they get a bit older and, you know, they can decide, okay, you know, River's going to go with her, but Remy's going to, you know, go with Brandon or, you know, it's going to stay home or whatever. When they can start doing that, then maybe touring because becomes a little more feasible and easier for her. But it's still, you know, for somebody who says that she loves to be busy and she loves to be working, that's still very taxing for somebody. And and not just even her. I mean, she may love to work, but she also has other people like her band to consider who have their own families and who have their own time. You know, you may very well see people having to choose between being in 
the the band y'all and also in the touring band you know yeah um this is this is not me knowing anything or no we or literally know nothing yeah and me not pontificating on anything but you could see somebody like kyle who we just talked to uh last week on the show you could see kyle like saying hey i can't do the talk show and tour as well i'm gonna base out of la i'll do the talk show and maybe she brings anar back to do touring again I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just hypothesizing that that would be an option. Um, you know, maybe Jocko can't tour and they need to have Aben come on the road and that sort of thing. So you could see sort of a, a split with the band. Um, I don't know. It's so hard to figure out the logistics and what everyone is actually capable of. It's a very hard question to answer, even though it's a very short and easy question to ask. Because we don't we don't know any of these people personally, so we can't speak for their particular experiences. Totally. So hopefully we'll have an answer soon. Here's hoping. I doubt it, but <laughs> we'll see. All right, you got another question, Pam? So our next question is from at Cat uh, Spangos Spangos. I don't know if I'm saying that right on Instagram. Um, just wants us to talk about our thoughts on the song "People Like Us." People Like Us, I love this song. I yeah. think it's so much fun. And did we, we've said before that we thought maybe it was like a stronger, not throwaway, but maybe, did we once say that? I mean, it does sound like a song that would fit on the Stronger album. I don't know if it was a cast off per se, but it it would fit well on that album. Yeah, maybe almost too well, but... I think it's such a fun song. I think of the three quote unquote singles or exclusive songs we got from the Greatest Hits album, it's definitely my favorite. And I loved, you know, hearing it or seeing it perform live on the Honda Civic Tour. I thought it was just such a cool little fun vibe. It was very neon, very like electrifying. Yeah. I think it's one of, you know, I'm not going to say it's one of her best songs, but I do think it's up there as like a really solid single and I feel like it could have done better. I think we had spoken a little bit about the re- release schedule that um it was there was I think that's when we had Kyle and Rob on for our hits hits and misses episode. I think there was like such a delay between uh like the catch my breath um release and the people like us release. And I think had they been a little bit closer, people like us may have blown up a bit more. But super fun pop rock song and video predominantly I really like, minus the green screen effects. But I think it's a fun video. She looks great. It's a solid song. And uh, I would not be opposed if she brought it back on tour, even though it wasn't like a number one hit. I think a lot of people do know it. For an artist who is known for anthems, you know, your Strongers, Since You've Been Gone's, I, I think I would even maybe consider Miss Independent to be yeah. an anthem. People Like Us is the last anthem that Kelly Clarkson put out. That's my opinion. Ooh. I mean. Yeah. I I mean, are you saying as a single or in general? Period. Oh. Because I don't even know, because, I mean, I have been well documented in my love for songs like Whole Lot of Woman. Yeah. But. I think that People Like Us is an anthemic song. It is just one of those big empowerment. Everybody gets behind with their fists in the air, no pun intended, 
um, marching, like, you know, singing this song in unison. It's one of those kinds of songs, just like Since You've Been Gone, Stronger as well. It's the last anthem that she put out. And it doesn't matter whether or not songs are singles. It's it's the vibe of the song. It's the feeling around the song. And it just has that, that strong sense of itself that makes it an anthem. And I'm actually a little disappointed because of all the songs that we could consider as anthems from Kelly, it's probably the least performing of them all. And it doesn't deserve totally. that because it's one of her best. It really is. And I will say that, I mean, it's actually still getting some airplay on radio as uh, what we call as a recurrent or a gold. Uh, really? Songs that are, yeah. Songs that are, you know, 10 years old or so that, you know, they spike in once a day, that sort of thing. It, but, but deservedly so, because it is a really, really great song. I'm with you. It, of all the the new songs on the greatest hits package, that was my favorite. And I love seeing it live every time. It's just a really, really great song all around. The video was eh, but the song itself is fantastic. Um, and I wish it would have been a bigger hit than it was because I think it deserved it. it was it was a really, really great song. and I think it, it would be a standout song on any of her other albums that weren't the greatest hits. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, how well did it really do at radio or billboard, whatever, in terms of how many passive listeners actually know that song, mm -hmm. know it by title? I don't know if a lot of people do. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I think it's kind of a forgotten one I amongst the general public, not again, not among like fans. I'm kind of curious. I feel like now I kind of want to survey my friends. <laughs> Do you know this song? Do you know? Have you ever heard this? I would not be surprised if people were like, I have absolutely no idea what this is, which is I mean, such a bummer. To, I just looked, was looking at some of my chart information. And I mean, it was a number one dance club song. So that it has that going for it. Uh, yeah. It only got to number 65 on the Hot 100. Um, the adult contemporary chart, it got to 17. The, the adult top 40 chart, it got to number seven. So it is a legitimate hit for her. I think still, though, it could have been a bigger hit. Um, it was big in the U.S. and Canada, not so huge outside. Maybe like, I think it was, I'm trying to remember. It was an Asian country that it actually did pretty well. I want to say like Vietnam or South Korea or something that it did pretty well. But I just think it was one of those songs that deserved to do better. I don't know what the radio landscape was like in 2013 at the time when this song came out. I don't know what else was out there. I don't know what other songs were crowding the chart that kept it from being a bigger hit. But it really is one of her better songs. I don't know if I would put it in her top 10. Maybe I would. I don't know. Maybe that's a future episode is all-time top 10 Kelly songs. Um wow. Oh wow. But it's definitely yeah. up there. I mean, it's uh, top 20 for sure, at least in my book. Top really? 20 for sure. Oh, absolutely. Ooh, absolutely. It's it's better than half the singles she's put out from all of her albums. Said it. Okay. That's a that's a valid assessment. Mm -hmm. Huh. Now, oh, now we need to do something like that. <laughs> Oof. 
You got the wheels turning. Okay, go yeah. to our next question. <laughs> All right, uh, one more email here that I've got. Uh, it says, hey guys, I know you've probably been asked this a lot, but what do you think about the status of Kelly's new album and when it'll be released? This is from Trisha in Sacramento. We kind of touched on this a little bit with the last yeah. question, but or the, the one about touring. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I we 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 keep having this. Oh, it might come this time. We it's it's hard for us to establish when we think it's going to come out with the timeline of you know the talk show. But in reality, I think we're just waiting on when is she going to be mentally ready, emotionally ready. No one knows. Clearly, no one knows. Yeah, um, when we when we first started to make our predictions about when we thought the album was coming out, and we said spring of this year summer of this year fall of this year the one piece of information we didn't have was that one line from kelly where she just said i'm not mentally ready to put this out yet so that tells us that it is going to be an extremely emotional album and just based on that one comment alone i have thrown out everything that i'm predicting from this album and now i just say it's just going to be emotional. I don't know if there's going to be any bangers on there. I don't know if it's going to be 12 songs of ballads. I don't know if it's going to be a snarky album or if it's going to be a painful album. It's so everything is up in the air now because I don't remember the last time I heard an artist say, I'm not mentally ready to put this album out yet. She was obviously able to record it or is it has been able to record, but she's, it's one thing to make these songs it's an entirely different thing to make them and then put them out for the world to hear them you know it's yeah. it's the equivalent of writing in your diary and then writing in your diary and leaving it open on a table at a public library you know it's literally that 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 lyric from breathe 2 a.m by ann and alec these words in my diary screaming out loud that's yep. literally this it's and it's also, you know, we have to keep in mind a lot of people are like, well, I don't count it. I don't count it. We have to count that even though Meaning of Life came out almost five years ago, we have had multiple like projects. We've had I Dare You. We've had some Christmas stuff. We have the Christmas album. We had Kellyoki. She's not starving us. Like, like she's not like depriving us of any content or music. And we also have a full talk show. I do yeah. get it though. It's nice to have a, a new album of originals, but like we guys have to keep, you know, cutting her a break because she is providing us with something. She is. So I, I'm not even like, not that I'm not itching for it. I'm just like, it'll, it'll come when it comes. I'm not, it's not something I'm thinking about on, on the uh, daily. I think that if there hadn't been such a seismic shift in her life, and that we were just waiting for the next quote unquote Kelly Clarkson album, then it would be a little more frustrating as to why we don't have it yet and what's going on. Why are they still recording? Why are they not putting any singles out? That sort of thing. But knowing from her mouth that this has been an incredibly emotional process and even getting, you know, a, a bit of a hint of, how emotional it's going to be with some of the songs on the Christmas record. I, I don't blame her for waiting no. as long as she has waited because I can only imagine what 
this feels like for a creative such as herself to re- I mean singers and songwriters you know wear their hearts on their sleeves and they they bear their souls all the time when they record music and they were when they release projects this is the ultimate case of being incredibly vulnerable and putting your heart out there for everybody to see and for everybody to really see how you were doing and how you felt during one of the most emotionally tumultuous times in your life. And no one deserves that. You know, you have to be given that by an artist and by a creative, you have to be allowed the access to those feelings and it's just going to take her some time to get there. I get it. Like we all, anybody who's in therapy knows that, you know, you you let (laughs) things out at your own pace. Work in progress. Yes, exactly. She's a work in progress, just like we all are. And it's just going to take some time and we have to be willing to say when you're ready. And so, I think that's my answer. My short answer for this question after a long answer is when is her new album coming out when she's ready? Because this is probably going to be the most emotional roller coaster of an album that we've ever received from her. And I don't know if it's going to carry over to the record after that or if she's getting it all out of her system now or she's trying to get it all out of her system now. We don't know. But Boy, is it going to be a ride when it gets here. Mic drop. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and just one other thing that to keep in mind is that when you come out with an album, you're not just coming out with an album. You are doing so much promotion around it. Mm. You're doing, And you have to do a lot of prep for the album. You have to do all the photo shoots and do the tour logistics, even if you're not announcing your tour yet. It's a lot behind the scenes. And then you have days and weeks of promotion, interviewing, other performances. It's a lot to do. Yeah. So I don't know. I I've I've given up guessing. And whenever it does come out, it's just gonna be a really nice surprise. So hopefully in the next decade. No, I'm kidding. It'll definitely be in the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully soon. Okay. Our last question today comes from Claire. Who wants to know what were our favorite Kellyokis from season three of the talk show? Yes. So, okay. So this was, I have a few because I can't just pick one. <laughs> so I don't know about you. So I think two of the obvious ones for me were Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish, duh, and My Own Worst Enemy by Lit, which I definitely mentioned in I think our last like major Kellyoki episode, which we're due for a new one soon, where we yeah. list some of our favorite Kellyokis. But I had three other additions that I did not include. So the first one is Hands Clean by Alanis Marset. Um She did a lot of Alanis this year. She, she was uh, she was not in a good mood, understandably so. <laughs> so I love this version. I love this song. So it was so special to hear it as Kelly Also really loved Edge of 17 by Stevie Nicks. Yep. And I I've always loved this song, but then I kind of had like a new appreciation for it a couple of years ago when Miley Cyrus did her Midnight Sky Edge of Seventeen mashup. Yeah. So this song has just always resonated with me since. So I love that Kelly also brought it back to life. 
Um, and my last one was a recent one, which was Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I would have never really expected her to do this. And she had some really awesome notes towards the end. And I just want to give a special shout out to the Kellyoke classics from this season. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I can't list them all, so I'm just going to list a few. We had Maybe. We had You Love Me. All I Ever Wanted. Did she do If I Can't Have You? Or am I making that up? Yeah, that sounds right. I think she did. Those were just a few. Someone. Like, crazy songs. I never thought she would, like, I never thought that she would ever sing again. Yeah. Bring them back to daytime. It was such a mind-boggling experience, but I'm glad she did it. And I'm excited for what season four brings, the karaoke classics. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I have to say, I have to give props to the fact that she did a lot of Alanis songs because I have two on my list. I put Ironic and Uninvited. From, Perfect. Uh, season we got them all three. covered. We did, yeah. I mean, she just she sounds really good doing Alanis, that is for sure. And I think if I had to pick among the three that she did, I mean, I think Ironic was probably my favorite, although Uninvited was very haunting and very cool sounding. But yeah. I definitely loved uh, how she sounded on Ironic. Uh, I loved her version of Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. Thought that was great. Oh, yeah. I I just kind of so, so liked that song to begin with. But then when I heard Kelly do it, I fell in love with that song. And now I love both versions. Um, I loved her duet with Ann Wilson from Heart when they did yeah. Almost Paradise. That was really good. I wrote down Boot Scoot and Boogie by Brooks and Dunn. I oh, my love, God. I love those fun, like, classic country songs uh, that she does. Uh, I also, speaking of classic country, I Wouldn't Have Missed It for the World by Ronnie Millsap. That's one of my favorite songs, uh, especially my, one of my favorite country songs. So I loved that she did. She actually did two Ronnie Millsap songs. She did Smoky Mountain Rain, too, this year, which I also thought was really awesome. Um, one of my favorites, though, for the whole season was probably Escapade by Janet Jackson. Yes. Anytime she does Janet Jackson, it is stellar. And so to hear her do Escapade from from uh, from that Rhythm Nation album, I mean, oh, so good. So good. Ooh, I suddenly want her to do, it's a little bit older. I mean, more recent, rather, Janet. Someone to call my lover. I would yeah. love for her to cover that. That'd be good. Which is also Samplin' America. So she also got some, is that 70s? 70s and 2000s yeah. in one song. Yeah. Works out great. Um, I'm excited for what season four brings yes. to the table. I was trying to do some uh, some lip reading when they were showing some of the clips of the behind the scenes of her filming the season four uh, Kelly Oki, the first one that they're going to show. Oh, yeah. I was trying to do some lip reading to see if I could figure out what song she was doing because she always brings it on that very first song of the season. So uh, I'm looking forward to for all of the ones that she's got uh, on the docket. I wish we could have gotten uh, a couple of ideas out of Kyle last week, but. Nonetheless, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. We'll find out soon enough. All right, gang, that's our uh, mailbag episode for this week. We appreciate all the questions that you sent in. And by all means, continue to send in your questions uh, through our social media channels at Miss Into Podcast. Uh, you can send in your questions. We'll keep a tabs on them and bring them out when we do the next edition of our mailbag. Yes. And if you listen on Apple, or Spotify, feel free to leave us a rating there. On Apple, you can also leave a review. We would really appreciate it. Really help us out. We'll be back next week. And until then, have a good one. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson Fan Podcast. 
Miss Into Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to missindiepodcast at gmail.com. 